is. We'll get started in the service this afternoon. Uh, I wanted to talk instead of teaching. I wanted to maybe try to do a little preaching, but then things went in a different way. Uh, about this book of Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, the 52nd, 6th chapter, I'm sorry, the 10th through the 12th verse. We want to go to the opening up of the reading scripture coming from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the 5th chapter, 30th through the 31st verse. Let's stay in it. Read the opening scriptures there. And it reads as such. A horrible thing has happened in this land. As I said, some things changed as I was preparing this message. Because horrible thing, it says in Jeremiah, the fifth chapter, a horrible thing has happened in the land. The priests are ruled by false prophets. And my people like it so. But their doom and destruction is certain. With that reading scripture, and we're coming from the 56th chapter of Jeremiah, the 10th through the 12th verse. And because of a lack of understanding, our people don't go away as the Bereans do. The search and seek through the scriptures for understanding. I don't know how many of us, even in the individual churches, in the local churches, the national churches, that go away hungering and thirsting to be fed by more of His Word, that the more you hear God's Word, it's like seawater. The hungrier or the thirstier it should make you. should make you want to, as Deacon say sometime, when I'm just getting start, when he's just getting started or getting into it, I end up I end up ending the sermon. But at that time God had been giving me all he has to give me at that time. But that hunger and that desire that it creates or leaves there is not only to be filled by me, but it's to be filled by Jesus Christ. It's to be filled by you studying to show yourselves approved workers that need not be ashamed. All of these things are operative in opening up our eyes. At the time of rebirth, at the time of regeneration, he does a lot of the secular words and secular things. I said the physical sometimes mirror the spiritual. They have a word now being woke. They use the terminology woke. A woke generation of people are woke. That's the opposite of what we're talking about this morning. That the prophets, it says, All ye beasts of the field come to devour. Yea, all ye beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are all greedy dogs which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. And they all look to their own way, every one for his gain, from his quarter, from his home, from, from wherever he at, he looking for more. Come ye say, they will I, 
I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be the same as today, and much more abundant. That's a condition of the preachers, of the leaders of the people at that time, which is reflective of what's going on with the people of today. I don't know if a lot of the preachers that they're talking here or whatever, they, they, they have to educate their people. And that calls for, as Jesus te- taught in the Great Commission, the teaching them, making disciples of all nations. But he said also preaching. So preaching is what I'm going to attempt to do today if the Spirit be with me. That's what gives you life. Preaching gives life unto the people. But teaching is a matter of a, a little bit trying to be a little bit more simplistic, appealing to a person's noose, their mind, to their mind, the mind that that mind that has been consciously awoken by preaching. But what it does, it breaks the teaching down. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learning is a practical process that we do every day. Learning is a practical process that it takes studying. It, It takes, when you send your children to school to learn, and the problem with the schools today, they're not learning a whole lot. Now, the problem is not just with the teachers. The problem is with the students also. Just like today, when he says the false prophets and the false teachers, the problem are not just the false prophets and the false teachers. He said, my people like to have it so. People are willfully ignorant of the word of God. They're willfully ignorant of God. He says in the book of Acts that at the time of our ignorance, uh, at this ignorance, God winked. But now, at this time, he's requiring that all men would repent and seek after him. So we first see here, the first point is the condition of the shepherd and of the people. And it's in a damnable position. In a position that he forecasts doom and destruction. These are his people that he's telling the beast of the field. When he says that in verse 9, he says, All ye beasts of the field come to devour ye. Come ye beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind and ignorant. He's talking about his people that were left in Judah. A lot of them that were left in Judah that didn't obey God and go into Babylon into captivity. And as we were teaching, you remember I said in the teaching, the teaching takes longer. So so I said we'd probably be in this a, a, a few more weeks or whatever. But it was a lot of people that didn't listen or take heed into ca- and go into captivity in Babylon. And a lot of us now that are in captivity to the world, not realizing that God has us where we are. He has us in this bondage. We've talked about two different kinds of blindness. One blindness is where God blinds you, and the other blindness is where Satan blinds you, the God of this world. And it's because of your nature or who you are. Generally, who you are comes out. What's in a man shall come out of a man. That's why he said, 
that which comes out of a man shall not defile the man. That what goes into the man, I'm sorry, I'm going backwards there. That what goes into the man doesn't defile the man, but that which comes out of the man. That, that's who the man truly are, are, is. That's why we have to purge ourselves of self. And I, hopefully this week y'all have done that. It's looked at self, uh, self-evaluation. Before you come to the table, before you do anything, you should examine yourself. And that's one thing about when God wakens you and rebirths you and revives you in, in the regeneration. He wakens you. He gives you a, a consciousness, awareness, because we were all sleeping. We all slumbered. That's what we said in Bible study about the five wise and the foolish, that they all slept and slumbered, but it was those wise that woke up and trimmed their limbs. Yes. It was those that maybe was doing Bible study during the week and praying and living a life that were able to trim their limbs. But the sleepers and the slumbers, and I was wondering about that because the Laodicean church, it was a church that didn't like anything that they were rich. They were wealthy. They thought they had no need of nothing. But God says they're blind, naked, poor, and wretched. When he described them, this was a spiritual condition. But they had all of the worldly goods in the world. So they wasn't lazy. Normally, Laodiceans aren't lazy. A lot of people in the church aren't lazy. And that's what they depend upon, their works. It's a lot of them that get to the pearly gates, as they call the pearly gates. And they would say, Lord, didn't we feed the needy? Didn't we help the sick? Didn't we do all these things? And they're relying upon their works. And this is not about works. Salvation is not about works. And so these false professors not knowing of Jesus, they hadn't learned of Jesus. There's a lot of people in the church that don't really know Jesus. And the shepherds that are over them, the overseers, the these God hadn't sent, they, they have a tendency of let, letting lying dogs lay. You didn't heard of that uh, euphemism, that word, to let laying dogs lie. Because if he wakened them and they be aware of their spiritual nakedness and pull off their old ways, if, if they are awakened to Christ like the Pharisees, they said if they waken and the whole nation turn, then the Romans will come in and take ours, what we have, away from us. And that's what we're worried about today, our personal condition, what condition we are in. And so we elect blind leaders. We elect and go to churches where the leaders are blind. He said, my people love to have it so. The pleasantries, the pleasantries are preached no refining of the precious metal telling people what what is wrong with them. And there's a lot of preachers that don't preach on sin, that don't talk about adultery, that don't talk about adultery in both facets, physical and spiritual. Yes. They don't talk about covetousness. You know, uh, the percentage, the greatest percentage of the church people that are gamblers are that take chances and rest, it's because the preachers now, this preacher uh, had had a falling out with one of his memories because she had won the lottery and she had promised 
that if she won the lottery, they was promising if they won the lottery, how much would they give the church? Once she got hold of that $40 million lottery, it all changed, and she didn't quite give the preacher a 10% of that cut, and they went to court, and it was a big suit about that. But you know, most church members don't take, give it a second thought, and they sometimes get in the church as a group, put in the buy numbers of lottery tickets or whatever. It's like Jeroboam, the son of Jeroboam. He legalized sin. He, he legalized iniquity. That's what iniquity is, a legalization of sin. So we gamble, we drink, we do all kinds of things because it's not preached against. And God says don't bring the hire of a dog into the churches. Even the Pharisees was aware that all money ain't good money. And that the money that they had used was blood money and Judas wanted to give it to them. And they said, we can't put that in the church treasury. Therefore, the people are covetous just like their leaders because it's the blind leading the blind and all shall fall in the ditch. So if I'm preaching a prosperity doctrine of prosperity and that money, wealth, and everything that God gives favor with you, well, that's why we get the massive. That's why it says, a horrible thing is happening. They're not teaching and preaching people to cleanse them, not the washing of the word. They heal the wounds of my people slightly. So we have people not being dressed, preached about lasciviousness. You know, lasciviousness is wanton uh, lust for dressing when you dress to cause people to lust after you to dressed in certain ways that cause certain desires in other people or whatever. When we see our churches and they're a dress parade now, but the preachers can't preach against that. He can't preach against the people marking their bodies and wearing clothes, exhibiting tattoos and all kinds of things and talking about jewelry and the degradation that have went into sports. The degradation that has went into sports and it is all devolved into the money. Yes. You know, it's about the money. I can give God a, a half an hour, hour of my time, but I have to pursue my interests first. There's a lot of godly people that probably came out of the churches this morning. I couldn't leave the library from getting the, the sermon pre printed up this morning for the line of people that were at the park barbecuing and festivities of baseball and everything. But this is their Sabbath now. This is their Sabbath. You remember I told you, God says, if you would give up your pleasures and all of these things on my Sabbaths, those that honor my Sabbath. See, it's all about them on this day. We've, we've given God our half an hour, hour this morning. We went and done our thing. Now it's, it's time for our time. You know, we've got given God his, his hour, half an hour. It's our time. See, they're not abstaining on the Sabbath from doing their pleasures and their leisures. And so God says it's a horrible thing. He says, individuals in the last days will seek out messages and doctrines that condone their own lifestyle as opposed to adhering the teachings of the Word of God. Paul told Timothy, says, For there is going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but will go around looking for teachers who would tell them just what they want to hear. They won't listen to what the Bible will blightly, and they will blightly follow their own misguided ideas 
making and shaping a God in their image and their likeness. And that's the preachers that they want, the preachers that's going to tell them what they want to hear. They're going to have itching ears and they're not going to take heed to sound doctrine or accurate instruction that challenge them with God's truth. But wanting to have the ears tickle and they always make it incumbent upon the preacher. Now, did you hear that word or whatever? So they can follow the preacher. They think it's just one word or one preaching or one day. And we heard this and something supernatural is going to go on. And we don't have to go back and study the word of God and be mindful of God in all we say and do. The church is looking too much like the world now. The church looks at you can't tell the difference between the two. You see why Jesus said, I'm going to come back and fight against the church and why the church is blind. See, they're not realizing blindness is the covering, and sometimes that's the covering of the law of God's word. That veil that remained over men's eyes through even the reading of Moses. They like the Pharisees. It is doctrine, it is the word of God. Jesus Christ have become their stumbling block. That's the very point because there's no repentance in there. It's no turning away from self and dying to self. You're not dying to self. It's all about self. It's all about me. It's all about how does this serve me? How does this serve my desires? How is this going to make me get more? They preach again socialism. And socialism, if you would look into it, those that study it, and they want you to tell them things where they go acquire some quick knowledge, understanding, quick riches, and get wealth and learn how to serve God. Not real, realizing what the gospel doing is changing vices and virtues. That's the second point. Character. That character matters. All types of people couldn't get elected into any job. There's anyone preaching and teaching. All he have to do is fit the mold. Yes. It's someone that's attractive, someone that's charismatic, someone that's go half bling, someone that I can worship and have a preference to preachers and not what they're preaching. Someone's go tell me about riches and wealth and not go criticize me about my drives for money. These dogs aren't barking. You should be barking and telling them as the old folks used to say, and they're trying to down the old folks when they say, watch it now, boy. Money is the root of all evil. Better watch it. John the Baptist came and said, God's about to lay the ax to the root of the tree. And if any tree that don't bear forth good fruit, will be laying down or shown down at the root. So this is what God's speaking. That's why I say I was going to try to say this ninth verse for last. He's not talking about the world because he's talking about making room in the church to bring in the people who hadn't been following God. The Gentiles, he's talking about the Gentiles who had not even known God. See, there's a lot of people that don't know of God and the things of God that if you would just clear the church out of some of the bench sitters, some of the dead weight that's slumbering and sleeping, and get off the false prophets and the dogs and get all the ignorant and stupid people out of the church. That's what he calls them, dumb, stupid. He calls them fools. He can't say because the fool had said in his heart, 
There is no God. God's not going to see what we're doing. That God can't see our inner man. And that's what God's changing is it is the inner man. He, the old man has to die. He says, take up your cross and deny yourself and follow after me. There's no self-denial, see, because the character is what he has. Yeah. That's what he's yesing at. That's what he's saying, that you will be made in my image and my likeness. That that's what, if they cut you, you will bleed God. For God you live and for God you die. Amen. You know, that's a certain point, a certain place some people will go, but then as they told Jesus, this sounds like a hard saying you say. But you have to eat of every word. This is the mirror. This is the word. That's what we're looking at. That, that's what gives us sight, God's word. It opens up blind eyes. It, it shows us our pitiful condition. You know, Saul says once he was blind and persecuting the church. Now what Christian could have came up to the likes of Apostle Paul? He was a Pharisee, a Pharisee, and he knew and understood the law. But Paul said he counted it all as dumb. Because on the Damascus road, when God blinded him, and that's what I mean when I say God blinds some of us. God had to blind Job to open his eyes. He had to send Job through some trial and tribulation. And a lot of us been toil and laboring out in the world, not hearing. And that's why the preachers that are not barking are hollering now that Jesus says, come unto me, ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Take my yoke. But that means you got to get rid of your yoke, though. Those things that are holding you back, that are guiding, leading you through the world, you follow not after those things no more. He says the Gentiles who walk in darkness, but if he become our light, we no longer walk in the darkness, so we no longer walk as the Gentiles used to walk. We have a new life. We've been born again. We've been regeneration. We're like a baby. We're gaining our sight. And he says, come unto me. And I'll anoint thy eyes with Asa. That's something when he put mud on someone's eyes and tell them to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Siloam meant peace. And God says when you make a covenant with him, he gives you his peace. You can't build a house of God without peace. Now, peace builds the house of God. That's why David couldn't build a house of God. He was a man of, of, of blood. He was a bloody man. He, he believed in fighting, and that's what a lot of us do. We use our mouths. We use these swords, these knives, and this poison and get out and humiliate people. We want to be violent and vitriol. But God says those that humble themselves. You got somebody else fighting your battle now. You're looking unto him to fight your battle because we're not wrestling anymore with flesh and blood. We were wrestling against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. So the battle is absolutely different now. So slumbering and sleep is not just physical slumbering and sleep, but it's awareness. It's being awoke. It's being alert. He came to the apostles and they, that it was sleeping. And he says, sleep on. He told them to sleep on after the third time he came back. He says, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. That's why we got to put that old flesh to death. That's the enemy, the flesh. 
Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. No, no, no. Flesh and blood can inherit the kingdom of God. So that new heart that he gives you, that circumcision that we go through, that's of the old man. He takes it out and gives us the new heart because the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful and who can know it? So that means we have to have a new mind, a new way of thinking. The character does matter. CNN, I think it was, Caitlin Collins asked Mike Pence, did he think that Donald Trump knowed the difference between good and evil? You know, he's the one to talk now, you know, now he's talking, but those four years with he was with Trump or whatever, sometimes you give power to the beast and then that, that power, that individual becomes stronger than you are. There's a lot of people you introduce into the church or bring them on your job or whatever. Now, it's just like the ones that the Pharisees proselytize. He says, you make them five, four, worse child of hell than you are. Sometimes they rise up to throw you out. Sometimes you have children and real children and they rise up to curse you to your face. They rise up to turn against you. And there are many in the church that rise up and turn against you. That's why Jesus says, give them that, that which is holy, not unto the dogs. Cast not them pearls before the swine. They go trot them on the foot. They go take all that which is holy. And there's a lot of people that came in the church and learned a few scriptures and learned some of the word of God. And they take it and they use it against God's people. They use it to strip them of all their valuables. They use it to strip them. They, they kill, rob, and steal spiritually while it's physical outwardly. But they're stripping them of all that they have. But are these just the scraggling sheep? Because he says, come and devour. He says, come and devour the flock of God. If you notice, this is God's people. That the false prophets are taking advantage of. Those that he turned over, these are the wolves that's going to have on sheep's clothing because they're going to be the kill of many of sheep. That's why I say you're responsible. He says, with fear and trembling, work out your own salvation. So you respond. Responsible for your own salvation. You can't blame the preacher. You can't blame mother, father, sister, brother. Each man got to give, a, give account of his own salvation. You, you can't blame your fathers. Can't blame the sons. Can't blame the fathers. That's why he says warn them. And anytime a dog won't bark, you get rid of that, that dog. Yes. Because that dog is not making you aware that even in your household, those shall be the yours of the enemies. Those of your own household may turn against you. That's the ones that may trap you, putting one another to death. But it comes from studying God's word and anybody that's been awoken and God starts to awaken them, they realize we can't get this in one sermon. We can't get this in 10 sermons that this will be going on a lifetime because it's God's word would give it life. And that's why he says, out of thy belly of flow rivers of living water. That's what we live off of. If every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God and the word, if we are living on a consistent diet of the word, it continually wakes us, it revives us, it makes us alive. It is what's washing away the mud, the clay, that spittle that's been placed in our eye. The word washes that away where we can see clearly. 
That's, a, 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 that's hard to understand. How can you pour blood on this? How can you cover this up and it cause you to see? Once you say, once I was blind, but now I see. In other words, it's gaining understanding. The beginning of wisdom is to know God. It's the fear of God. It's to get understanding from God. See, because there's a worldly understanding and there's a worldly wisdom, which is sensual, which is a lot of people know how to pursue things and get wealth of the world, but they're poor toward God. That's why Jesus told the rich young ruler, seemed like it says Jesus loved him. He looked at him and he told him to get rid of all he had because that was a character flaw. That's a character flaw to think that you could win the lottery. You know, this lottery, this guy from California, I don't know if they came forward yet or not, won, I think it was one and a half billion dollars this last lottery. The last two lotteries have been won in California. But the take-home pay from this last lottery, if they took the the lump, would be less than in any other lottery because the taxes and everything else have changed on it again. But these things that if you think that if you can get these, but what happens with a lot of, especially poor people, is you don't realize when you get wealth, wealth requires proper money management. It requires work to be able to manage wealth. That's why a lot of athletes, their agents and different people ended up taking their wealth and a lot of people that got Wealthier, a lot of athletes die poor. They've been spending up. They can't invest it right because you have to be able to, to keep up with wealth. You have to be able to manage it. That's why the Bible says quick riches take wings and fly away. It's, it's one of the things that it did. Matthew, the 12th, the 15th chapter, the 12th verse, when Jesus was offending the Pharisees and what he was doing, as I was telling you, what God's doing in the world, he's, he's shaking the foundations of that which secures the world. In other words, he's going to turn it upside down if the foundations be shaken. And here he was telling the Pharisees, he says, the disciples said, do you know what the Pharisees were offended when they heard you say this? And he answered, every plant which my heavenly father did not plant will be torn up or hewn down at the roots. Leave them alone. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall in the pit. Now, some people say, well, look, uh, these people that were blinded, why he's not having sympathy upon them? They were created to be taken and destroyed. There are a lot of people, you can't open up someone's understanding. God has to open up their understanding. You can't make them understand. Somebody said, well, make me, I can't make you. Now, that's up to God. That's part of the discernment as to whether God has this person blind or Satan has them blind. And if God does, God will give you the preaching message or the teaching message to unlock that portion of the blindness that are hindering them. 
That's why he says your faith has made you whole. If you lack in faith and your faith is transferred from the faith of the world, that you now contending for the faith once delivered unto the saints. It's a holy faith, not faith in faith, but faith in Jesus Christ. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. That's why they can't hear without the preacher. And the preacher comes preaching the word of God. But he must be sent in during Jeremiah's time, during Ezekiel's time, during the whole time of the world. There's always been false prophets and false teachers out there. People sending themselves and people willing to die for those false prophets and teachers say because they are blind themselves. And he says, only my sheep can hear my voice. The voice of another they will not hear. So you have a tendency to be able to tell when someone's false, when things are false. That's if you're not allowing the material things. If you're not chasing after the material things, which has a tendency to cover your eyes, that's what makes you blind. That's why the disobedient are blind. That's what blinds your disobedience. That's why the fear of God, in other words, it's not a cowering fear, a fear that God's going to destroy you or do these things. You're not fearing God for that reason. That's why the preachers error when they tried to make hell and all of these things. And God's so fearful in this man, but God's a loving and truthful God that cares for you in a loving, passionate way in that he cares for what happens to you, that you have abundance of life and have eternal life. It's like the love a parent has for a child, that he wants the best for you, even though you don't want to understand and know what's best for you. You're a child you can't see, you can't understand. You don't have knowledge and wisdom that comes along with live. That's why a lot of the older people say, well, let's live, you know, you'll understand. That's why sometimes you're 30 or 40 or maybe 50 or 60 and you say, now I see what my daddy was saying. I see what these people were telling me. You know, my older brother, you know, I always talk about him. He was a here for a while or whatever. And he said a lot of things or whatever. And I, I, I kind of can testify some of the struggles and things he went through. But, you know, we had time to be together and talk or whatever. He was the first one of, of my relatives that, Joined or uh, came into the church where I was preaching. We had time to talk or whatever. God was gradually allowing him. I seen some coverings move as I did with my brother Jerry. He see, he talked with me and said, you know, I see, I understand this and that. That's why I says, even though there are some that are not proficient in church, as some are, that you start to see in God tearing away some veils. That God's giving sight. There are a lot of sighted people out there that's God's waking, waiting to them to search and find him and that he cover their eyes and that they wash this blindness away. They're not really blind, but if they come to faith in him, the word washes away all of these things. So that's why when he provoked Israel, to jealousy, and he called in the Gentiles. He was going to be a light unto the Gentiles. That's why you see light in Christ. That's why he leads you and guides you in paths of righteousness. He's bringing you to him. He's drawing you with cords of love. You, you start seeing this love. I was talking with my wife or someone earlier about 
one of my kin folks, I said, poor boy, he's been through all kinds of things in his lifetime. He lost a lot of his youth by doing the wrong thing. He, he was in, in, in trouble and he's been out of commission for a while and then something else happened. And I told my other nephew today, I said, well, I hope he understands that by the grace of God, he's even actually still alive. This could have been death. Can he open up now and see God? Of all he's experienced, of all of the blindness of all this time, now can he see that it's God that's watching out for him? That's God's keeping him. That God's trying to come ask you that I give up, I die to self, and I need you to shape me and mold me in your image and your likeness. That I've tried to make it my way. I've tried to make it with brawn. I've tried to make it with strength, with finesse, with cunning and pulling myself up with my own bootstraps. But I've been going around groping in darkness, and I know you're the light. You're the way. You the truth. I got the abandoned self. I, I was one of the most obnoxious persons. I see myself as Paul saw himself, how obnoxious I was, and I'm still trying to wash that stint off me. That stink was deep. A lot of it was so deep, he says, in the muck and mire. And that's what happened with Job. God sent Satan on Job. He sent Satan on Job. Job had gained so much. Job was a very wealthy man. But see, it's things that he didn't understand and know about God. I don't know if I put it in my notes or not. That for the second chapter of Job. But Job, after Job, God took his sons and daughters and all that he had. He said, you know, I thought I knew God. He says, but now repent in dust and ashes. Now I see. Now I understand. God had to break Job down before Job could see. God has to break a lot of us down. A lot of us has been blinded because we hadn't seen the true riches, and that is to know God, to know wisdom, and to know the purposes of God. God says, I know my purposes and plans for you, and they are good plans, but we can't do it your way. It has to be done by God's way. Amen. Yes. See, wealth, getting money is not everything. You could have all the money and the wealth in the world, but it does you no good. You could have children, but sometimes you be at home or whatever regretting you ever had those children because they no longer follow you, they don't respect you, they don't hear from them, they've not turned out quite the way you wanted to. You saw all of these things and now you see in television and families and things on television and you have become like these false prophets. You're blind. You're dumb. You're ignorant. The way to get those things back is to follow God. To give it up and ask God to establish it. Job did that. God removed all of those children because Job may have known something was wrong. He offered up sacrifices for each one of them every day. He says, perhaps my children have sinned against God. God gave him a new beginning. He doubled everything he had and he gave him more sons and daughters. Man, with the knowledge I have now. How many of y'all in here say with the knowledge you have now, what God has shown you, you wish you were knew that when you were young. You wish you knew now what you knew 
when you was young because when you were young, you thought you knew everything. But you was on the road less traveled. You was on that broad way. You was on the way of the world. But he says, few it be that enter in at the straight gate. Why? Because we heap the teachers. We like the way of the world, the things of the world. Our appeal, even when we get into the church, we say, if we could just get wealthy, people would look at me a different way. And I could have this and all. All of our dreams is on what? it would accomplish to have wealth or material things. It's not on pleasing and satisfying God. It's not on hearing good and faithful servant well done. That's not the objective. That's not what we're doing. It's not building character. It's not thinking about community and children playing in the streets and people not hating and killing one another. It's not living as the kingdom of God. That's why he turns our view and tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. But see, we come trying to add those things onto us before we get that because why? We choose flawed leaders. We choose the blind. That's what Jeroboam did when he broke away from the ten tribes that broke away from Israel. God's commanding now because of the way Solomon acted. He told Solomon, because the women have drawn your hearts away from me, I'm going to take these ten tribes. I'm going to cause this division. Yes. But for your daddy's sake, I'm going to leave these two tribes here to serve me. Jeroboam took the northern ten tribes. It says in 1 Kings, the first thing he did, he said, I got to take tackle this from a religious perspective. That's what they did when building the Americas. They tackled it from a religious perspective. And they brought in all kinds of pagan holidays. But do, do you know it was against the law to celebrate Christmas when the United States was first formed? They knew it was pagan. Jeroboam, when he set up the new nation of Israel, the ten tribes, he gave them golden calf worship, and he gave them different days of worship. He gave them idolatry, and what he did, it says, despite the prophet's warnings, these dogs were barking, and Jeroboam did not turn away from the evil ways. Instead, he made more priests than ever from the common people to offer up sacrifice to idols in the shrines and on the hills. Anyone who wanted to, to could be a priest. This was a great sin and resulted in the destruction of Jeroboam's kingdom and the death of all his family. He was at the sleep at the wheel, just like we're asleep at the wheel. Everybody can't preach. Everybody can't teach. God didn't send everybody to lead people, just like a lot of them teach that you own your own business, you do all these things. You might have... A business, but you might not have peace at home. How are your family living even though you're wealthy? Yes. You poor, wretched, and naked, not knowing the people that are surrounding you. Once that's gone, you're going to be as the prodigal son. Once you waste all of your wealth, you're going to be in the hog pens, the pig pens. It was a deacon in our church that I used to go to, I came out of. He wanted a home for each one of his children. He worked hard and at, when he died, each one of them had homes and things. But the problem was, maybe why did he want that? Maybe was it God-inspired or him-inspired? Was he fully converted? 
or was his ways because his children was going to have to fight the ways and the sins of the fathers and the mothers. All that's bred in your nature, what your parents were. Jeroboam, he destroyed Jeroboam's whole family. Sometimes you have to break away from your family. One of the kings put the queen mother out because no matter who it is, Jesus says you have to hate mother, father, sister, brother, and even your own self. So we're talking physical or spiritual here. In other words, you have to hate evil and sin. That's why they said the the, the ex does the president know what is evil and what is good. See, because you have to choose the good and not the evil because, you know, nepotism is evil. When you're putting someone in because of their kin or your relationship with them or their relationship with you or whoever or for power or bribe or whatever, you choosing the wrong ones. It says be careful how you choose. Them. That's why that's part of the unblinding the ability to choose life. Each decision you make every day is the reason they have it in the New Testament Take every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ because some of those little dreams and daydreamings you have is of Satan and it's wickedness and it's coming from the desires within your members. I knew a woman that she worked hard. Her husband had a little money. They had money from the retirement, but she had to work hard all of her life. And it was just her, and uh, she was cons- consistently working job after job because she was afraid of being in, in poverty, being poor. Mm. Her trust wasn't in God. It was in the security of her money and her wealth. Yeah. It was a fixation on something that could fly away uh, that br- didn't bring happiness. So the children was around the father more, maybe because his focus was different. You know, you wonder why some children adapt to one parent more, or one person have more friends or whatever. It's your character. It's your inner man. People don't like to be around people that brag or that self-centered or that narcissistic. And that's what we have to do. Remove character flaws because the word of God tells us to disassociate with some people and especially Christians when they have these character flaws. Now, I, I need to hook up my wagon. Don't look like I could hook it up fast enough to get all through all these points. Mm. I belabored some points too much. Mm. But I told you none of 10 in the, in the book of Luke, it says, and they will level you to the ground. He's telling the people of Jerusalem when they were looking at the beauty of the temple and how beautiful the temple was. And he said, you know, it's not a stone going to be left upon a stone and they will come in and destroy this temple because why? You did not come to a progressive recognition of who I am, the time of visitation, that it was me, this God of this whole world. You didn't accept Christ in the day of salvation. When you heard the gospel, when you heard Jesus preaching, you didn't receive him. You didn't lay aside all of these things that were I can. These things were tangible. They were physical. But you needed to walk by faith and accept that the substance of which I am. Yes. He told Martha, I am the resurrection. Yes. They say, I know my brother will live again in the re-. He said, I am the resurrection. Do we see our completeness in Christ that we are complete in him? We need to get our eyes off the world. Stop focusing on the water and walk on the water. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. They didn't know the time of their visitation. 
and they left that. As Jesus said in the book of Revelation, on the outside are dogs and sorcerers, immoral people, idolaters. All of these things bring destruction, but that's what your preachers are preaching on, those things that have substance in this world, and they're not of faith. Their God, the book of Philippians say, whose end is destruction, for their God is their belly, and whose glory is in this shame of the earthly things. They want to be called doctor, apostle, and pastor this, and they want to be seen. They want power and the glory. They want their 10 minutes in the sun. They want their videos to go viral. They want to be known. They want everybody to look up and see their success or whatever. Their eyes are not on God. That's vanity and vexation of spirit. The last point, the children of God. Contrast this to them. Because during the time he sent out that same destruction, simultaneously he's sending out salvation. There's a great salvation that he's preaching here. I know how a lot of preachers tell you to go back and study this. This is not one complete sermon, these Three verses here are the 56 and the 57 chapter. It's bits and pieces that were tied together. I, I think we don't even know how sermons or how preaching and things was put together and just how the Bible is constructed. We live in a television world, an in-day world, instead of being able to think, to be in thinking people being reasoning and rational because why we're not in a conversation with God day in and day out we have to have the presence of God leading and guiding us in paths of righteousness do you know Jesus Christ on a personal basis or are you depending on your pastor your husband your wife how about your mother how about your children just who it is that you're looking at to help you lead you out of here. But the Bible tells you to say yourself. You should know God for yourself. Amen. You should have a moving conversation with Jesus. Yes. You should walk in his presence. Yes. In contrast, Second Timothy, that same verse that I was teaching that said that we will have itching ears, hear that which is pleasing them. It tells the children of God, but as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm. Stay cool and steady. In other words, be patient. Make the right decision. Endure hardship without flinching. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill the duties of whatever ministry or vocation God calls you. Don't panic. God has it all under control. Don't panic. He's driving this thing. They, they panicked. Jesus was in the hull of the ship sleep. Well, didn't he tell you, get on board the boat, we will go cross? Yes. You will go cross if he says you will go cross. We will cross red seas. We will speak to mountains. He's looking to bring a better life for you. There's great riches and wealth and prosperity, and those are the promises that are out there. But can I tell you, you're going to have to suffer to enter in. You have to endure hardship. And to a lot of us, that's way behind us. I, I remember when one of my brothers was young and he used to work for the state or whatever. You go by his house or whatever. Man, that thing in the yard and everything was straightened up or whatever. You had a banana tree and all of these things. See, don't forget 
where God brought you from. Those same things you were doing there, think about where he had you and how much more he has for you. He saw your diligent works and what you did. He know what you didn't put up with. He knew what you didn't have to bear in this life. He know what Sister Jackson didn't have to bear. Nigga, and I was telling you Friday, I said, this, you, you know, you know what's going on. Yes. But it's going to be yes. a rough road to hold. Oh, yes. Sister Harris knew that. I'm talking to Brother Dick. And just all of the people, all of my, I just can't just stand in name. But God just telling you, I know what you're going through. You know, he was bringing us through that. When we open up our eyes, we will see it wasn't just us coming through there. He was toting us. He was carrying us. He was bringing us through that we didn't know how to do. And we thought we were doing it on ourselves. And he had been up there all along. But he warns you. He says, watch out for the dogs. Watch out for certain leaders. Stay away from them. Beware of them. And when you tell someone to beware and watch out, now, it may be fatal what happened. I was talking to one of my nephews the other day, and we was talking about and something happened to him last night. But, you know, that's why you consistently warn people, because you never know when something will happen. That's why we have to walk circumspectively. But this is a precious, precious message that we carry. So he tells his children to be careful because there's going to be a lot of destruction going on in the church to so-called God-fearing people. But just think, God says he was going to send his angels, his messengers in the last days and that he was going to hew down the tares. He was going to uproot the tares. So all of those good, so-called good or professing people, the things you see falling by the wayside, maybe God's messengers bunching the tares together to be burned. He says, gather them over there to burn them. God's hewing down every tree that he hadn't planted. That's why we take comfort and fret not thyself because of evildoers. God was tearing away everybody in Jerusalem that didn't obey him and go into captivity. You thought you made it through, but no, I'm going to search it out with flashlights and Lamps and find you and destroy you is what God said. Everybody in Babylon that say you have prophets and teachers and leaders in Babylon, I'm going to cause you to see such a strong delusion that you be blinded by these false prophets and false teachers and remain in Babylon and not come back to Jerusalem because you don't hear my voice said, come out from among them, my people, and be ye separate, and I'll be a father for you. You'll be my sons and daughters. When he talks about blindness and he talks in the book of Proverbs about your father's instructions because sound doctrine, take heed to the doctrine that you hear. It's all about doctrine. It's all about teaching. So if you don't admit you blind, if a person don't realize their laws, they're not going to get to this last thing. They're not going to get to how we conclude this thing. So the disciples was walking on the road to Emmaus. They talked with Jesus Christ and had walked with him for many a miles. And they said that you of all people, are you blind? You don't know what happened today. But it was Jesus that sat down to meet with them and gave them a bread to open their minds and their eyes. 
Luke 24 and 45 says, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. See, who did this? Jesus. Jesus opened up their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. That at these last time, we pray to God for understanding. We pray, pray for him for clarity. If something's not right, ask God to show you. Ask him to God. That's what he's doing. He's humbling us and building up our dependency upon him. Job was a perfect and upright man. Job was a perfect and upright man. But look what happened to Job to show us trial and tribulation. He had lost everything he had, his children. But then at the end, Job says, and answered the Lord and says, I know that you can do all things and that no thought or purpose of yours can be restrained. He says, you said to me, who is this that darkens and obscures counsel by words without knowledge? And it was I, Lord. It was me asking for counsel from you to defend why you did me all you did me because I was serving you. And I demanded and asked for all of these things. I thought I was right. I thought I had been walking in your way and doing all. I said, though you slay me, yet will I serve you. But Lord, when you came to me, he says, therefore, now I see. Listen to Job. Listen at him. He says, therefore, I now see. I have rashly uttered that which I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me that I did not know. Some things he didn't know, he did not understand. But only after the death of his children, only after losing everything, only after hearing his friends that he thought was friends, he says, miserable comforters are you. After all of this counseling throughout the time, and God, you appeared to me in a whirlwind and says, Dirt up your loins, Job, like a man, and I'm going to declare of you, and you answer me. And that's when I buckle. He says, Hear me, please, and I will speak. I will ask you, and you will instruct and answer me. I've heard of you only by the hearing of the ear, but now my spiritual eyes see you. Therefore, I retract, I repent my words, and I hate myself. I repent in dust and ashes. Yes. I thought I understand. I thought I knew. Yes. Now I turn, and I say, Lord, now I see. Yes. How many times have you went through everything thinking you knew the way, and then God gave you clarity? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now I see. Now I understand all of this time. Heavenly Father.